Hello, where's Jose? Will you take a picture of that for me, Dave? Where's Jose? You're listening to the dollop. This is a bi-coastal American history podcast. Each week, I, David Anthony, reads a story from American, nay, Irish history. To my friend, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. And Nemesis. We're not enemies for the last time. Well, enemies is not the same thing as well, nemesis. Well, I mean, we're not, nemes- we're not nemesi. Well, no, we're not. I, you are mine. No, that's not... You're my, you, think we're, you think we're friends. Well, I know you're my well, nemesis. I'm not going to lie. That hampers the friendship a great deal for me. That really puts think, a, about it, think about how it is for me. I, it sounds like it's a crazy it's thing. It's worse. Yeah, it's worse. Yeah. Just, just, just shout the fucking date. I agree with you. Yeah. 1792. Illegitimate baby. Here we go. It's Ireland. That's half half of you. Illegitimate baby Adolphus Cook was born to Robert Cook and an unnamed servant on the vast Cooksborough estate near Mellinger in Ireland. Okay. Mellinger? Did I say it wrong already? I can't understand what the fuck you're saying. If you all do it, if you can all do it with a half second delay, that helps. Yeah, everyone say it at the same time, but not. Robert and his wife, Lady Martha Saunders, already had two children. But when Lady Martha learned of Adolphus, she left Robert. Hmm, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't think that would happen. No. Yeah, that's... I like that move. Finally, a little role reversal. I'm sure... That's that's great. Divorce was illegal then, I believe, right? So she just walked away. So she just Is it legal yet? Out. Divorce? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys get so, kind of behind she, on that kind of stuff a little bit. And she <laughs> left Adolphus with the... Uh, no, she left her... She left Robert and her, uh, She left Robert. Took and took the kids. kids. Okay. Yeah. All right. Different. Not as exciting for me. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so uh, uh, Robert's ashamed and he's distraught. He, he sends his, his mistress away. And he gave Adolphus to a local nurse named Mary Kelly. Okay. Weird Dream Irish threats. name. The mom doesn't get the baby. He gives it to a, a, a nurse. Just, yeah. Yeah, sure. Just how things worked. Yep. Mary and Adolphus lived in a two-room thatch cottage near what is known as the Nurse's Pond. On the estate. So that was hers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, they were forbidden from coming near the estate's big house. Okay. Okay. So they've got he's got his illegitimate son with a nurse near a pond just living. Wait, living on the wait, estate. Okay, they're, what estate? They're on what estate? The Cooksboro estate. Okay, and he. It's big, big estate. Okay, and he and the father is forbidden from going to the main estate. No, the kid and the, kid the nurse and the cannot nurse. go to the main house. Okay, they just can maybe go to her pond. They get to stay. Yeah, they can go in the pond. I'm sure. Oh, they can go in it. That's yeah. cool. Well, it's hers. Fuck it. Robert had food and supplies sent to Mary and Adolphus every day. Sure. They never got more than one day's supply at a time. Is this the story of Blue Apron? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I've already sponsor. figured it out. We don't need to do it. We'll do mine. Um, but that keeps them on edge, right? They don't know. Yeah, no. Every day when you're like, oh, God. Just another. I knew we shouldn't have had dinner. One potato again. That's a stereotype we have about you guys. That's true. It's also great. What a turnaround we've had with Ireland. You know, we've really gone through some bumps with this country, right, Dave? Remember when we had to retire the accents? Because some guy found it racist. And here we are making potato jokes. It's just, what a world. What a world. Okay, so every day they were looking at the window to see if they were going to get bread and jam. That's right. Each item had to be accounted for. The potatoes were weighed. The salt was measured. The sods of turf for the fire were counted. The sods of turf. So the potato thing is not uh, a rude stereotype. They are literally... They ate potatoes, it's potatoes yeah. and salt. Yeah, they had a whole potato thing. Yeah. It's a big well, All the potatoes went away at some point, and that got I, bad. I've, I've heard of it. And the English took all the food. Yeah. Well... They were cool. <laughs> Still are. Yeah. Uh, once a year, Mary was allowed to go to Mellinger. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to say it different ways every time. To buy Adolphus clothes and shoes and charge the bill to Robert. Okay. So once a year, you get new clothes and shoes. So this kid's So fucking... she's just taking this as... This is, she now is just going to full-time raise Yeah, she's Adolphus. raising the kid. Right, okay. And, and you know, he gets... He gets He's, it's an awesome life. Each day you get food, and then once a year you get clothes. Yeah, each day you get weighed salt and a potato, yeah. and then once a year, because kids grow very, you Slow. know, very slowly. So once a year you're able to guess what kind of spurt this year is going to be like. Yeah. You know, would it be a big one? I doubt it. You know. What? Huh? What? I didn't say anything. I haven't said anything. <laughs> I would not do that. It's racist. Adolphus was sent to uh, school in England. In his teens, he joined the army. During the Napoleonic Wars, he was stationed in Spain, Portugal, and South Africa. Okay. Uh, he was described by his peers as, quote, a polished gentleman, highly cultured, and well-read in standard literature, ancient and modern. His library contained 9,000 books, and amongst them, he had not a single copy of the Bible. Guys, that's a really important book. <laughs> First and foremost. Yeah. Second of all, no way he read 9,000 books. Come on. I mean, that's like... They, they didn't have TV. Yeah. He didn't have a, he didn't have a phone. Oh, they didn't have phones. No, no iPhones. No when iPhones. was the iPhone? I thought this was... No. Oh. <clears throat> Interesting. The Thanks iPhones so didn't come along until the 1800s. Okay. I thought that's where we were. Okay. Late, late 1800s. Okay. Uh, when asked by a reverend why he didn't have a Bible, quote, he told me, sorry, he told them that he would rather read the Quran than Holy Writ, and that he preferred Muhammad to the Savior of the world. And from that answer, the reverend concluded that he was an infidel. I mean, like, the reverend's probably just poking a little fun, like, well, why don't you have a Bible? And he's like, because I'd rather read the Quran. He's like, no, oh, I can't. Uh, uh, this went wrong. Uh, uh, oh, boy. So much blood just came out of me. Uh, I'm shitting blood. Uh, oh. It's shitty, but it's an Irish accent. In 1835, Robert died at the age of 85. Okay. His two legitimate sons had already died long before. Well, all we got is the one. So Robert Cook's entire inheritance and estate was left to his illegitimate son 
Adolphus Cook. This sounds like the beginning of like a comedy show, like intro, yeah. like, and here we are. Unpolished Adolphus with all this money. The Cooksboro mansion and farms totaled about 700 acres. The rest of the property, uh, 4,000 acres, was lent out to tenants. I love a landlord. Yeah. Adolphus quickly gained a reputation as a generous landlord. He provided tenants with furnishings, pensions, funeral expenses, and blankets. Jesus. <laughs> blankets? That's very blankets. nice. I know. Also, yeah. also, besides a funeral, how about a blanket? That's very nice. Would you like a blanket after I paid for your dead husband to go on the groundy? Want a blankie? I would love a blankie. Yes, I would love... Do you want a blankie now that your husband's dead? You know what? I don't actually need it. I thought you were saying it. I was kind of placating you, so... If you're going to be an asshole, I don't need the blanket. You want a funeral? In what way? I'm just saying, I pay for funerals. I'll take the blankie. Yeah, I'd love a blankie. Thank blankie. you so much. There oh, it's go. so warm. Feels yeah, warm on my it's skin. Nice, right? yeah. yeah. It soon became clear that Adolphus was not a typical Irishman. Whatever that means. Yeah. He was he English. He surrounded himself with strange men and gave them positions of power, namely two fat strange men named Billy Dunn and Tom Cruise. I like how you knew it was a built-in sip moment. Uh, okay, so fat Tom Cruise. Dynamite. Yep. And uh, what's the other guy's name? Billy Dunn. Billy Dunn. All right, so we got a maverick, we got a goose. Let's do it. Billy Dunn was described as, quote, tall, raw-boned man at the raw, time. I'm sorry, a raw-boned. Raw-boned? Raw raw-boned. As opposed to cook-boned? I don't have an answer. Okay. Okay. Look, it's a quote. I didn't... Just whoever said raw-boned, someone should have been like, well, as opposed to... Mm -hmm. uh, about 50 years of age, he was flat-footed. And the juveniles of um, Mullinger, to annoy him, would shout after him that they would spit on his toe, which often caused him to foam and rage like a maniac. Well, that's just encouraging that abuse. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's why they do it. So you'd say you're going to spit on his shoe and he'd get rabid. Yeah, Okay. and then that's perfect. All right, what about Tom Cruise? Well, we're Let not me there guess. Yet. We're not there yet. We're still going through Billy. Billy spent a lot of time drilling imaginary troops and playing policemen. And Billy, again, is, is 50. Yes. So Billy still plays. Well, is it playing if you're, you know, it's pretty serious if you're in charge of some troops. But he's not in charge of troops. Well, he is. In what way? They're not real, but he's That's in a problem right there. That's where I'm going to flag it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but he's just in the yard just, like, shouting at fake troops all day? Well, he's running them through the, you know. Sure. Quote. He was very... That was not good enough! Drop and give me 50! Yeah. That's better! I'm in charge again! Yeah. Mother! That's right. I want you to stick around, Private. I'd like to talk to you for a minute. We've always found something special about you. As Adolphus is from the window, like, what is he kissing the grass? Oh, we shouldn't. Let's give in to our temptation. Oh. You ready for some raw bone? Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Quote, he was very fond of the police, and they in turn were very kind to him. Sometimes on race days and fair days, Billy would attire himself in a cast-off suit 
of police clothes with a straw rope around his waist. So is this man really 50 or he's eight? From, from which he depended. He's like going to find the police. He's like, wow, you guys are so good. They're like, thank you, little guy. You're 50. I pretended to be you today. All right, that's fucking insane. Uh... With a straw rope around his waist, waist, which depended a round stick, which he called his bayonet. Thus equipped, he would start through the streets of Mollinger to to the race. No, no. <laughs> to the race course, giving word to halt, quick march, right about face, as if he were in command of a force of the RIC, followed by a troop of urchins and others to their ineffable delight. And Adolphus was like, I need this guy on my team. This guy. Yes. He's like, well, this guy clearly is If he ever gets troops, look out. This guy's ready to go. That's if right. there's an actual army, my God. Yeah, you see, when you see a guy who knows how to be a leader. Yeah, with a stick who's telling men to, about face that don't exist. Well. Yeah. Tom Cruise was also strange. Well. <laughs> he believed in thetans. <laughs> I thought we were going this way. Yeah. Quote, he was of a sullen disposition, lazy, slovenly, and dirty. Hmm. Of a, on a fine summer's day, he would lie asleep on the flags for hours, oblivious of passing events. These he, are the two guys he hired? Yeah. Were there only two guys? I guess. <laughs> Tom was obsessed with sports. They ruled his life. He traveled very far to go to any and all sporting fixtures. He collected subscriptions of the events and asked the local priest to announce them at Sunday Mass. And these are grown-ups? <laughs> You're sure? You've got the ages right? Yeah. He would even interrupt sermons and say, quote, Father, you are forgetting to tell them about the sports at Longfield today. I will tell them. I'm first, this is about the Lord. Get to the score! I will do it at the end. I told you that, Tom Cruise. The Not. fat Tom Cruise. Billy and Tom were inseparable and traveled from town to town. Because who else could they hang out with? They only had each other. It seems like they'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> sure. When they grew tired of urban life, they would go to resorts in the countryside. Despite their friendship, people saw them frequently fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. Quote, quote, Cruz was a braggart, and he frequently declared that he would thrash Billy and leave a surgeon's work on him. These threats, of course, would be uttered behind Billy's back. Cruz was a coward, but Dunn was brave and of a pugnacious temperament. Dunn was, Dunn was informed of Tom's threats, and the result was that he challenged him to mortal combat. This is too many references here to just... <laughs> okay, so yeah. Tom Cruise and Billy Dunn were going to play mortal combat. Well, no. They're going to have a duel. Okay. Oh, a duel? Yeah. A real duel? Yeah. Okay. They met a now they're using, obviously, like twigs. Yeah. They met in a secluded valley with their supporters. And before... Uh, oh, well, they're going to fight, actually. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, well, still, they could do it like dual paces. Yeah. yeah and then just for, Yeah, exactly. Before the fight started, Tom told his second that if he was getting beat up, to draw him, which meant to end it. Okay. Just like throw in the towel, right? Sure, yeah, right. The just like in uh, Far and Away. Yeah, keep going. A real uh, documentary. Sure. The fight started, and Billy punched Tom in the nose, and blood poured out. Draw me! Tom yelled, quote, draw me! Let me know if you need help, Tom. Draw me! I'm ready to jump in. 
His second did nothing. Yeah, could sense it. Tom tried to defend himself from, uh, from the punches Billy threw and kept yelling, quote, draw me for God's sake or he'll kill me. Say the secret word. Draw me. Everyone just laughed. Tom then said, quote, to the hell with the holy, I'll draw myself. And he walked off. Why did he need the other guy? I don't know. I think it's like official to have your second guy do it. Because <laughs> like you then you're not quitting. Your guy is doing it for you, and you're supposed to Oh, it's like when you want your buddy to... Hold me back. Yeah, the yeah. hold me back thing. Yeah. Right. Hold me back. And someone's like, no. And you're like, you better fucking hold me back. I do not want to fight this guy. Uh, so these are the two guys who are now helping Adolphus manage his property. Yeah, right. Okay, so the competent infrastructure. Yeah. Right. To stay in Adolphus's good graces... Billy, Tom, and all the estate tenants had to follow rigid rules or they'd be evicted. He was a disciplinarian. And he, yet he let this one guy, like, command a fake army in his yard? Nothing wrong with that. Okay. In 1857, the 56th Regiment of Ireland was stationed near Malangar. How is that closer? Adult? Uh-uh. No, you're wrong. You're horribly wrong. Adolphus learned uh, an Englishman named Captain Cook was stationed there. Okay. So he invited Captain Cook to come over for a visit because they had the same last name. Uh huh. It's a simple time. It yep. was just like a simple time when a connection like that warranted a meal. Yeah. I follow other Dave Anthony's on Twitter. Yeah, and in real life. The captain accept, accepted the invitation, and they became fast friends. <laughs> okay. On a wet day, they were getting ready to on hunt. On a day. On a day. On an Irish day, they were getting ready to hunt. When Captain Cook said because of the weather, he thought they'd have a bad hunt. Okay. Adolphus disagreed, so they made a bet. Adolphus was claiming they, they wouldn't be able to carry everything they were going to shoot. They were going to shoot so many animals. Yeah, the, the, the issue would be transporting yeah. the animals. After a few hours, they had not shot many animals. And Captain Cook asked for his money, and Adolphus said the day wasn't over till they got out of the woods. As they passed some of his tenants' farms, Adolphus saw one of the farmers had a pig weighing about 16 stones, so he shot it. Jesus Christ! And then he said he won the bet. <laughs> Quote, you will not be able to carry the pig in your bag <laughs> to Mullen Mullinger. What about the farmer? Was he like, hey, asshole? I'm sure he was not happy. Yeah. Yeah, you shot my fucking pig. But I won also... the bet. Thank you so much for your pig sacrifice. It means the world to me. But he did win. I mean, he did. It is hunting. Are there rules? Yeah, there are rules. Yeah. Okay. No, that's how Donald Trump Jr. hunts. It's different. Uh, at this time, at this time, eighty-nine percent of, of Irish was uh, Ireland was Catholic. You okay. can believe that. It was rare for someone not to have religious beliefs. And when a man told Adolphus about the Savior. Uh, and going to heaven, Adolphus became furious at the man for introducing such a subject. Okay. Adolphus had a completely different belief. Sure. 
He believed in the transmigration of souls, and that after death he would be changed into a fox. So he believes in reincarnation, but he specifically thought he would come back as a fox. That's right. It's not getting away from my issue with religion, the, uh, the specificity. But he You did... sound crazy. There's not a man in the clouds. I'll be a fox when I die. <laughs> Want a blanket? I mean, you know, yeah. it's all made up. Yeah. I hope he comes back as a pig. Oof. You know which one, too. Yep. Uh, but he did not think being a fox would be a great life. <laughs> I love, wait, so he has this prediction, but he's like, but I'm not looking forward to it. It's, uh, yeah. trust me, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It was going to be a pain in the ass. That's right. Uh, because he would be hunted by dogs and his wealthy neighbors. I mean, you've heard it a million times. I'll come back as a fox. They're going to hunt me. My neighbors will try to kill me. I'm just not excited for it. Uh, the only thing that made him feel better about this was that he knew the land well and would, quote, be able to elude so both wait, dogs he and he's going to be he thinks he's going to be a fox there? Yeah, right in, the, right in the area, and then he knows the land, so he'll be able to hide out because he's, uh, you know, you come back with your no uh, knowledge of who you are. You're like, oh, I'm still a dolphus. I'm just a, a fox. I think the Catholics are more right, which is saying something. You don't hear that often. Yeah. Not but, in recent, uh, not recently. Yeah. Move on, David. His belief in the transmigration of souls affected his interactions with animals on his estate and in the nearby woodlands. Adolphus firmly believed that a local turkey was his late father. That turkey's laughing all the way to the bank, by the way. That turkey's like, uh-huh, yeah, no, I remember that very clearly. Can I get some more of that uh, meat? That's unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, I remember that so. He's such a good boy. Daddy? 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 Why was I the only one that you didn't want in the main house? I know. I know. I know, Dad. I know, Dad. I know. I know, and when I know, and that was hard for you, but it was hard for me, too. You know, you made the tough decision, but I also, I had to figure my own way out. And you all pass, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I'm, I'm there too, Dad. I mean, this is tough stuff, but we got to work through this if we're going to be normal. Look, I'm not going to be Adolphus forever. Soon I'm going to be a fox. And I don't know. I mean, I hope we could still be unlikely friends then. All right, well, Mom's a... What? Oh, Dad, I love you too. I've waited so long to hear that. Oh, Dad, don't fight. Dad, 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 Dad. Have some more brandy. I know you like that. There you go. Can I sleep in here again? Spoon ya? Pop? I forgive you. I forgive you, Papa. I forgive you. Forgive me, Papa. I'm so. I'm so happy about the way the afterlife worked out. Super convenient. Okay, I should go. Uh, believe it or not, I can't really tell a lot of people about this. They think I'm cuckoo. <laughs> Love you, Daddy. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'll stay. 
that woman who just came back in is like, what in the fuck? What happened? Happened to this podcast. Uh, his father's a turkey. <laughs> Don't leave. He demanded that the turkey be treated with the utmost respect. This turkey, the best. This is what, if you're a turkey, you just hit the turkey oh, lottery. Yeah. He demanded his servants tip their hats and bow on every... Whenever the turkey walked by. Hello, sir. Good day. That's right. Thank you, Father. Uh, he made sure the turkey was well-fed and taken care of. He said mm. it w w would not uh, be killed for food, and he could only die of old age. <laughs> turkey, the best. Adolphus also had a dog that everyone on the estate loved. Yeah. His name His was... His aunt. Yeah. <laughs> His name was Gusty. Gusty? Gusty the dog? Uh, when Adolphus was in a good mood, he would dress the dog up like, quote, Gustavus Adolphus, the hero of Sweden. Nice crossover. Yep. <laughs> okay. But Gusty did one thing that upset Adolphus. Hated when he put outfits on him? Gusty would often wander around the 4,000-acre estate and, quote, he made the acquaintance of other dogs not as highly bred or cultured as himself. So there's even canine classism? Yeah. Don't associate with those other dogs. This My father's watching. <laughs> this greatly incensed Adolphus. He was severely reprimanded by Adolphus for his wandering habits. The, do he, the dog was reprimanded by it. Okay, sure, just wanted to get some clarity. And his love of low company. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he would order Gusty to be placed in solitary confinement for what? three days and placed on short rations for mingling with the lower breeds. Well, this took a dark turn. It was also fun for a minute. Other than that, Gu Gusty was treated pretty fantastic. Yeah, other than solitary? All right, put him in the hole. He keeps talking to those other dogs. But uh, after being in solitary confinement many times, Adolphus came to the conclusion that Gusty was a hardened criminal and was not going to change his behavior. This is good for a podcast. Brian, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little worried about his mental state. Who? Augustus. Adolphus, sorry. Not Gusty? Not Gusty. Oh, I thought you meant Gusty because he's been in solitary confinement. So well, much. yes, I'm worried about Gusty, but Adolphus seems to be uh, crazy. No, he's, uh, he just sees animals a different way than you and I. Mm-hmm. In a bad way. Well, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Should I turn my mic back off? Yeah. So, obviously, jail was not having an effect on Gusty. Jesus Christ, we're still sticking with this? <laughs> Adolphus gave him one more chance to change his lifestyle. What the... F well, Dave, he's not going to... He's a dog. He won't do it. And then in front of his employees, Adolphus told Gusty if he hung out with the lower breeds again, he would, quote, 
uh, expiate his uh, offense like other mortal criminal criminals on the gallows, and he was shown the rope which was to hang him, and from the tree from which he was to be strangled. And the dog was like. <laughs> You see? That's your fate, okay? Clean it up. Don't fuck around anymore, Gusty. For some reason, the threat of capital punishment did not alter Gusty's behavior. Did, do you think it had anything to do with him being a dog? I think he's not... I think he's a bad listener. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think what happened was he was talking to those other dogs, and they were like, obviously, have corrupted him. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gusty kept mangling with the lower breeds on the estate. But so, he saw the gallows. What is he doing? I don't know. So, Adolphus called for a trial. All right, that's it. We're having a trial. All right. My father will be representing you, Gusty. He's one of the best turkey lawyers we have on the property. That's right. He's one of the best. I will be the prosecuting attorney. And the judge is obviously this turtle. Wise. That's why I put those little glasses on him. He looks really wise. Mm -hmm. That's the turtle. And the stenographer here is a pigeon. A pigeon. A screaming pigeon. That's right. And a jury of your peers, made up of squirrels, snakes, that plant from the house, a teapot, that glove, some shoes, and a bucket of water. Guilty! Uh, yep. Oh boy, that's the, just, the turtle came alive, didn't he? Well, hello. <laughs> so Adolphus quickly organized a trial for ten o'clock in the morning. At... And and if you're approached about taking part in this case, how do you say yes? Oh, you have to say yes. Okay. How, how are you, you not, not scared? Oh no, it's terrifying. But you got to You got it. I mean, if they were asked me, I'd be like. Yeah, no, I'll go to the absolutely. I'll, I'll go, go to, to the, death, death yeah. trial for a I'll go dog. To the dog trial. Yeah. Yeah. What is this crime? Well, he, he keeps talking to lower class dogs. It, yeah, I can see by your face you understand the problem. It's disgusting. Here's the crazy part. I showed him I was going to kill him. Still doesn't. This dog won't listen. <laughs> uh. My mother's some cabbage. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a fox. <laughs> right around here. <laughs> so every employee was required to be there. I mean, if you work for him, you've got to be like, this is kind of a gravy train, but also this could turn sour real quick yes. on us. Yeah. How long until he's like, I know you're dating the kettle. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Once everyone arrived, Adolphus spoke, quote, Well, we know why we're here. Gusty was duly arraigned and charged with quitting the precincts of Cooksboro Dements with, without leave and associating with dogs of an inferior order. Uh, Tom Cruise and Billy Dunn were chosen to be special advisors. To And help, whom? Pick, help pick the jurors. To who? Help special pick advisors. the There really are jurors? Yeah, they're going to pick a jury. Tom and Billy picked the jury. The two workers who brought Gusty into the hall had to give evidence and detailed testimonies of how Gusty had been arrested. 
They explained how Gusty had a resisted arrest. <laughs> if he had succumbed to arrest, that would be weird. <laughs> he thought they were having ch chase around playtime. Yeah, he was a dog. They yeah. were like, come on, uh, quit it. Oh, what's he doing? He's running away. When arguments were finished, the jurors went into another room and deliberated for two hours. I'll tell you what they talked about. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Are we, is this, is this, this is insane, right? What are we going to do? We have to go out there and give a verdict on the dog. And I think we have to find the dog guilty. He's crazy. They gave their verdict, guilty by misbehavior. Well... They, they hoped the verdict would satisfy Adolphus. Uh, see, that's what they're doing. They're placating the madman. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, mm -hmm. very similar to... Uh, Huh? Our president, keep going. Adolphus then solemnly spoke oh, to the I, staff. I didn't want to hear this. Quote, he quote, laid much stress on the heinousness of the crime for which Gusty was convicted. How old is he? His ingratitude to a good master who fed and nurtured him with tender solitude since he was a puppy. Oh my God, is he gonna hang this dog? Gusty was to be, quote, taken to the place of execution oh and hanged by the neck until dead. What? After, he would be buried under the tree where he was hanged. Adolphus drafted a tombstone epitaph for Gusty. I hope this dog comes back as an assassin on the property. Here's the epitaph. Executed for high crimes and misdemeanors, Gusty. Gusty. Once a favorite setter dog of Adolphus Cook Esquire, Cooksboro, and it is earnestly hoped that his sad fate will be a warning to other dogs. It won't be. It so will not offending. be. That's not how dogs work. Well, I would talk to you, but you remember the people versus Gusty. Dog trial of the century. No way. He now needed an executioner. Uh, who is taking... I guarantee you it's going to be Billy Dunner, that stupid Tom Cruise. He gathered some of his workers and asked them if any would hang his dog. Please. No. No one was interested. Okay. Good. Uh, yes, sir. I'll hang your dog. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so he fired them all for their disobedience. Does he have a business of any kind? He's just like living like Billy Madison right now, I guess, like an evil Billy Madison I mean, on his kinda. property. Yeah, it's not. He just has so much time on his hands that not only can he have a dog trial, he can fire all his servants for not killing the dog. Yeah, I mean, he's a rich guy. <sighs> okay. A nearby worker heard what was going on and oh, rushed no. over uh. and announced that he would hang Gusty. I got this. The worker was known as the bug me. The what? The bug me. The bug me? The bug me. I don't know. That's, That's all what I needed the, to hear. That's all no, I needed from you. The there was no me. explanation for the name. He was called the bug me. Well, I don't know anything about it, but it does sound like the kind of person who would be okay with hanging a dog. Yeah. He said, quote, I will... I'd hang me father and Judy and the children to oblige your honor. Is that the guy you want on your side? The I guy who would so. kill his family? I don't think so. It's not great. Also, I'd hang all the bug me's. The whole clan of bug me's. 
Also, Mom, bug me, boy, bug me, girl, bug me, and baby, bug me. Also, time to get out of there, family. I mean... Yeah, no, if you're the family, like, sorry, the bug me? I mean, honey, <laughs> what did you say? I said I'd hang you and the kids uh, <laughs> if, if uh, the boss wanted me to. Well, he's hanging a dog, so it doesn't seem like a crazy thing he'd ask you to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I like my job. Well, we will be home when you get back. <laughs> That's a promise. <laughs> I love you so much. You're perfect. Now go hang that dog. Not the first dog I've hung. Oh, cool. I used to be the dong hanger of Dublin. <laughs> Boy, I love learning about you. <laughs> so Adolphus thought this was great. He had an employee who would hang his dog. Mm -hmm. Quote, you are a good and faithful retainer of mine. Here is five pounds for you, and I shall not forget you in my last will and testament when the dread sentence is carried out. Let me know as Mr. Cruz, Mr. Dunn, and myself will inspect the dead body of the criminal. Dude, <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> the bug me was told to hang Gusty the next morning on one of the seven lime trees that were a quarter of a mile away from the main residence. At the execution time, the bug me put a noose around Gusty's neck and walked him off to the lime trees. Which is terrible because for Gusty, he's like, oh, a walk. Yeah. Like it's a walk. Yeah, he thinks it's a leash. Yeah, it's he's a like, leash. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Adolphus Cruz. Well, didn't, didn't his father step in at any point and be like, son, this is crazy? I know, dad, but he, he did this. He associated with the other dogs. I understand that, but I am the man of the manor now, and I'm not listening to you. Stop it. No more objections. Stop it. I'm not above hanging you either, father. I love you so much. And I respect your decision to abandon me, which obviously has taken no mental toll whatsoever. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to kill a dog for talking to others. I'll be with the bug man. Or the bug me. Adolphus, Cruz, and Dunn waited, and after ten minutes, the bug me came back with Gusty still alive. Yes. Let's, oh, now we're cheering for the criminal. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's pump the brakes. I don't know if we're out of the woods yet. Adolphus, he told me who did the crime. Adolphus was furious that Gusty had not been hanged. Quote, what is the meaning of all this? Explain yourself. Why did you not carry out the sentence I pronounced? <laughs> and the bugby said he took Gusty to the lime trees slash gallow to be executed, but someone was there to stop him. Uh, Dave, I can't wait. <laughs> what? Who? Adolphus's dad, the turkey. You know, if you had told me that line before the show, <laughs> I'd have said, you're crazy. Uh. So, Pop Turkey did step in. <laughs>
Adolphus was shocked. <gasps> what? Quote. What did mother me, say? Tell me, quick, what action my father, the turkey cock, took to prevent the action? The, okay, so my interpretation right now is that the bug me is a really good dude and brilliant and was like, I'll do it, and then just made all this shit up. That's but right. the reaction of like, what? Tell me everything my turkey father said. What did he say? What was his chortle doing? How were his feathers? Were they angry? He gets like that. The bug me said the turkey had attacked him when he saw the noose around Gusty's neck. Interesting. Quote, he flew up at me and dragged the hat over me head. And then he began biting me shins until he left lumps on them as big as two heads. He then I love, began... I love, wait, I love how big, like, in his mind, as big as something can get, it's a turkey, but it's two hens. So, so they pecked you. He then began screeching and blubbering about Gusty and thought to bite the rope in two. The bug me said he thought that maybe Gusty was another relative of Adolphus's. Yes, bug me. Whatever you are. I have a theory that this is your grandfather. And that it would be a shame to hang a relative, quote, like a common sheep stealer. Mm. Adolphus contemplated and thought for a mm. bit. Hold on, leave me for a moment in my crazy head. And then he said, quote, you are a sensible fellow. That pause for the bugby must have been like, oh, shit. Well, I think it's obvious what's going on here. You get it. <laughs> you are a sensible fellow, and only you are a believer in transmigration like myself. Yes, obviously. I plan on coming back as a frog. I have no doubt from what you've told me that Gusty is a member of the Cook family or the turkey cock would never have taken the trouble to save his life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Henceforth, your duty shall be to feed and to tend and feed my friends, the turkey cock and Gusty, and you must be courteous and respectful to them as you would to myself. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. From that day forward, the bug me was in charge of the turkey and Gusty until they died of old age. Well played, the bug me. One day, one of the workers saw that an ox had fallen into the river. I don't, as, I mean, is this, we, is this like an evil Dr. Doolittle we're dealing with? <laughs> and the ox was close to drowning. Panicked, he told a steward to ring the yard bell to bring as many workers as possible to rescue the ox. The first to arrive were Tom, Billy, and Adolphus. Many other workers then followed. They quickly stripped off their clothes and got ropes to rescue the ox. Let's get naked and get this ox out of here. Check out your abs. What? I said, check out your abs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got a good core. Yeah. Did we have to get fully naked to do this, you think? <laughs> I don't know, but it feels right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably 
get the ox out of the river. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember the whole oh, thing we're down there for? Yeah, it wasn't just the nude totally skinny. Forgot. We're not just skinny right. dipping. That's right. Yeah. I just, uh, you know. It's like really drowning, so we should probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I was just. Yeah, all right. I just think Come you on. have a nice dick. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yours is kind of weird. Yeah, I was in a potato accident as a child. We all were. <laughs> uh, so while this was going on Adolphus, Tom and Billy had a little meeting a little sidebar let's do a little nude sidebar before we get the ox out of here they then announced the cattle on the property should be driven to the river and the med should not do anything to get the ox out until the cattle arrived now is there a reason the workers are confused and asked why Sure. Adolphus. Probably a, probably a word they used a lot. Adolphus, quote, The cattle will have an opportunity of seeing their companion drowning, and it will be a warning and a caution to each and every one of them during their mortal tenure to shun the water. <sighs> so Billy and Tom obviously out of their minds as well. Or they're just, you know, they got a cush job. So right, they're so they're just like, it. exactly, that's a good call, adults. Yeah, Let's get the other cattle call. down here. We'll make a lesson yeah. out of this ox. Yeah, it'll be what we call the ox tail. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. That's his version of Malinger. A worker asked if they were expected to let the animal drown. Adolphus said, quote, let him be drowned. It will be a caution to other cattle to avoid going into dangerous places. Yes, and with all due respect, that's not how cattle work. <laughs> Adolphus, Tom, and Billy then walked off toward the residence. Once they were gone, the workers quickly rescued the ox. Okay. They are like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. Yep. One day, Adolphus was walking through his property and came across that's a... That's it? They just saved the ox? Did you show the other cattle? Yeah, they were yeah. all super freaked out. Yeah. They, uh, one of them actually goes, no! So I think they're not going to do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, they're, they're done with that business. Yeah. There's no way they go near that river. They actually saved the ox, too. It was really heroic. You would have loved it. I feel like some of them are your cousins. Yeah. Interesting. The turkey was riding one. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> That's classic papa. <laughs> but you never talked to him, though, right? Huh? Your dad. I, uh, I, what do you mean? I never talked. Of course I talked to my dad. Not until he was a turkey. Well, yeah, not until he was a turkey, but that's, a lot of kids do that. A lot of kids wait until their dads become turkeys, and then they talk to him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, by the way, I would rather talk to him as a turkey. Than when he was a man? Yeah. You wouldn't want your father to talk to you and hug you and teach you how to play football and stuff? No. That sounds stupid. I would rather my dad be reincarnated as a turkey. And then we can form a friendship that's stronger because he realizes what he did wrong now that he's a turkey. Yeah. And he's my yeah. papa. Yeah. I love my turkey daddy. I'm sorry. I must be allergic to um, your bullshit because I am just tearing up over here. Uh. <laughs> yeah. What did you talk to your dad when he was a human? Oh yeah, my dad. <laughs> stupid. He sounds so stupid. That he sounds so me. stupid right now. 
he taught me like how to be a man and he showed me how to you know sounds horrible <laughs> i don't know what's going i'm sweating but mainly it's going my he sweat would. from my head is going to my eyes he and then dropping down there and you can't see it on my head he anyway taught me, he taught me how to ride a horse and ride a bike <laughs> oh my god it sounds so horrible he taught me like how to be respectful to women so why did you wait until your papa became a drinking like me? Hand me that blanket. <laughs> One day Adolphus was walking through his property and he came across a bull that he believed challenged him to a fight. Aha! Bully, all right, boy. How do you want to do it? Gloves? Adolphus uh, uh, decided he was not going to be pushed out of his own field by his own bull. Listen, asshole. This is my home. I'll be a fox here in no time. He went to the residence, dressed up in a red co coat, grabbed a sword, and went out to meet the bull. A few seconds into the fight... Red is an interesting color. Yeah. A few seconds into the fight, it became very clear that the bull was going to win. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a bull. Yeah. yeah. A maidservant came running out to help Adolphus. She set loose the dogs on the bull and opened the gate just enough so Adolphus could escape. Adolphus then fired the maidservant because, quote, only the best should be allowed to survive. I don't think that's supposed to follow because. Yeah, it's not a great lesson. That maid's like, what? You're out of here. You're weak. Huh? Obviously, I was going to win that one. And the bull running scared. <laughs> or I'd be gored to death the way it should be. Mm -hmm. But then I'd come back in no time. As a fox. Yeah. <laughs> and then me and my father would be hanging out, fox and turkey, just as they ought to do. You've heard it a million times. Of all the animals in Cooksboro, no Adolphus' boy. most serious obsession was no. with the local birds. Oh, no. Okay. Specifically, the crows and jackdaws. He believed that the crows on the estate were the best and strongest crows in all of Ireland. And again, no evidence in any way. No, they're just crows. Just crows who are like, yeah, regular And he's crows. like, look at these crows! Yeah, look at them. He would evict anyone who tried to harm any of the birds. At the same time, he despised the sounds they made. His life just sounds like torture. Particularly in February and March when it was nesting season. One day in March, Adolphus had had enough of the bird's noise and, quote, sent for his faithful henchman, Donlan, and informed him that he was tortured and fractured by the cawing of the jackdaws and crows about the house, that it was their season for nest building, and that they were in search of moss, twigs, etc., to build their nests. So is this man going to go on a demossing mission? He told Donlan to get all the workers no. on the estate. no and have them collect as many bundles of brushwood as possible. So he's trying to take away the nest building components? He's helping. 
No, he's not. He's aiding them in their, their nest building. Okay. The next morning, the workers began gathering brushwood for the birds, which oh, the amount of shit they were talking amused there. them very much. Ugh. It took them three weeks to complete the job. As they Does got, you know that crows are mobile. <laughs> like there's other places. As they got close to finishing, a worker jokingly said that getting twigs for the nests wouldn't be enough. They should go ahead and build the nests for the birds to save them the trouble. Adolphus thought this was a brilliant, brilliant. suggestion. You're my new right-hand man. Perfect. And you know how much birds love it when humans touch their nests. So, so now they've got to go build nests? He told the man to start building nests immediately. Sir, I was being uh, excited. <laughs> so the workers went about building bird nests and having a good time. But when the nests were done, the birds completely ignored them. Yeah, not up to snuff. Adolphus' only comment was, quote, love's labor lost. <laughs> not long after the bird uh, incident, Adolphus saw a worker who was late for work trying to sneak in unnoticed. Mm. He called him over and demanded he explain why he was late. The man said he wouldn't be angry once he heard the reason. I think that's an impossible thing to know. The worker said he was headed to work when he looked up and saw the entire sky covered with crows and jackdaws coming from the neighboring town of Killicum. Oh. oh, you're right. I'm not mad. What? Kilmalik? K-I-L-L-U-C-A-N? Kalukin. What the hell just happened? Um... There's some people speaking Klingon. So what's the name of the place? Kalukin. Okay. You must be like, whoopsie. <laughs> now you know what Dave feels like. Right? Yes. Uh, so the birds made the loudest sound he had ever heard, and they must, he said, have woken up Adolphus. And Adolphus nodded, and he mm -hmm. said, quote, you are right. I you was are. roused from my slumbers yes. by their screams. Yes, absolutely. Go on with your narrative. It yes. interests me. It's just, I mean, he's so out of his tits. And now everybody, everybody knows how to play. Yes, it. now it's just easy. Yeah. You're like, you just make up shit about animals. Well, the crow was talking to me. Ha! I had a feeling he would. Tell me what he said. <laughs> Sit down, pour some brandy. You're my friend now. You'll be a giraffe one day. I like that about you. The worker, walk me through it. The worker asked Adolphus to guess what the crows wanted when they got to Cooksboro. That's the best thing to do, too. Why don't you guess what they wanted? Well, <laughs> more twigs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Adolphus said, quote, How do I know? Go on with your story. You are in the thick of the plot now. I am anxious to know what the... I am anxious to know what brought the Killigan crows to my place. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to take my trousers off, too. Keep going. I'm going to do some push-ups. Tell it backwards. It turns out the crows came to push over the nests that the workers had built. Uh-huh. The employee described the battle and his own involvement. When your honor's crows seen the bliggered invaders from Killican, 
they gave the alarm to their brother and sister crows who were fast asleep. And they got up. And while you be sayatin, thrapstick, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever, just get through the story. They were in each other's wool, and there was blood upon shirts and feathers flying about like snowflakes in January. Well, I took part with your honor's crows among a thousand crows. Well, I threw sticks and stones at the Killicum thieves and killed some hundreds of them. I mean, that's this dude went big. This yeah. guy, yeah, like, he went you a could little... definitely find a middle ground where he, they didn't like. But he probably was like, he'll finish it. So he was probably, like, and then he was like looking at his face, like not big enough. And then they committed a genocide. <laughs> really? Go on, friend. This is intriguing. Well, Adolphus was very pleased. Uh-huh. Quote, so my crows fought bravely. <laughs> oh, sir, some of the bravest crow armies I've seen. Yes, absolutely. And they were wearing little army helmets, too. It was a mm. whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those do sound like my crows. Well, they certainly were, sir. They told me as much. And God, they respect the hell out of you, I'll tell you that. A lot of them. There's not a dissenter among them. Each one of them a big fan of you. And your father. I mean, look, he's a non-flying bird. Uh, obviously, they find a connection there. There's a kinship. Anyway, I'm sorry I was 20 minutes late. I just... Uh, <laughs> you've got to understand why now. Uh, Adolphus said, I shall go and see the killed no, and the wounded. Well, I, the, uh, here, let me finish, Adolphus. They ate them all. The crows ate every man, piece by piece. I watched it all. Within 20 minutes. The worker told Adolphus the crows had already carried their dead and wounded away. Close. Yeah. Close. Adolphus demanded to know how the battle ended. Uh, Quote, the fight lasted a couple of hours, and several times the Kilikan crows took... This is not a word. (laughs) Pusisifov? Yes. Sure doesn't sound like one. Uh, your honor's nest, but between myself and seven your own crows, we drove them out, and they ran away, and we chased them into Killican, and look at me clothes, your honor. They are all in tatters on me back, but I'm afraid that the Theban bliggards may return with reinforcement, reinforcements and overpower your, overpower your honor's crows. Well, we'll be ready. Billy Dunn is one of the best commanders we have. <laughs> If they need a leader, we've got it right there. Worst case scenario, fat Tom Cruise will come in. I've got a good feeling. Adolphus was absolutely blown away by the story. I mean, it just... (laughs) I mean, it's almost unbelievable. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's almost too crazy. Almost. He told the worker, quote, you are a good and faithful servant and defended my property manfully for which I shall reward you. I shall buy you new clothes for you instead of your tattered ones and lest the Killican crows return and dispossess my crows, go back to the wood and bring another man with you to assist you in repelling any attack that may be made on my crows or their nests. And if you require to be reinforced, send for help and firearms if necessary to maintain my authority. Absolutely, sir. It sounds so fucking crazy, but I'll do it. 
The workers spent that spring and summer as the protector of the Cooksboro Crows. Ah, they were just out there like, dude, you just nailed it. That's the best lie ever. I know, man. Remember when we had to work? Not anymore! Once in a while, the worker would tell Adolphus that the Killican Crows had attacked again, and every time the Cooksboro Crows were able to drive them away from the estate, <laughs> every time Adolphus would ask to see the dead and wounded, but the worker would say they were carried away. Of course they were. Adolphus, well, consistency is something I respect in my crows. Adolphus then asked for a casualty list instead. Absolutely, sir. We will we make lost, that up uh, in the woods. We lost Frank and Tommy. Uh-huh, yes. Billy, Jim, Sam. Uh-huh, yes. As Adolphus got older, he started to o- obsess over his death and burial arrangements. At first, he wanted to be buried somewhere isolated where no one had been buried, with no tombstone, no prayer said, just quietly put in the ground. But the older he got, the more the plan changed. He couldn't settle on a single idea. At one point, he said when he died, he should be, quote, buried in the horse park where man and beast could trample me with impunity. Are that your final choice, sir? I think so. I don't know. There's nothing nice about that. But soon that idea was replaced by another. Maybe I'll be exploded. Wouldn't that be fun? He told us... Put me inside of my father. (laughs) Yeah, I like that idea. He told his men to build a vault 40 feet wide and 40 feet deep. So, quote, that the screams of, of the jackdaws and crows would not disturb him in his long slumber. You know, they're always in uh, combat, my crows. They get pretty violent out there, especially when they kill the men and take the bodies away. So he wants a soundproof tomb so that he yeah. doesn't rise when he's dead? Yeah, he wants so the birds don't bother him. Right, exactly, right. He used his remaining fortune for the construction of the marble steps leading down to a room that had an arched roof lined with marble slabs. Inside was a great fireplace, and in front of it was a huge marble armchair besides a table and lectern. Shelves were on on the walls for his 9,000 books. On the table, there were pens, ink, and paper. His new plan was to be embalmed and laid to rest, sitting upright in Uh. the chair in front of the fire which was to be eternally burning. <laughs> oh, by the way, don't spend that money yet. Once he's dead, be like, all right, burn him. Let's go get a car. I know. Uh, what do you say? Let's get a boat. Something nice. When it was done, they completed it. Mm-hmm. He had the vault sunk into a pit. Adolphus called himself the superintendent on the job and Billy and Tom engineers. Uh, <laughs> Is it possible that they're all three? Yeah. Okay. During construction, Adolphus had to leave the estate for a few days, and when he returned, he found one of the workers had built a fence around the pit to keep cattle from falling in, and he demanded it be taken down. The worker tried to explain that if the workers in the pit could be hurt if a cow or horse-drawn carriage fell in, and Adolphus said he didn't care, quote, man and beast must mind themselves. The worker refused to remove the fence. Oh, boy. But then the driver of the horse and carriage took it down himself. And now the pit men refused to enter the hole. Moments later, the driver backed up the carriage against the pit, quote, and becoming frightened at the screams of a passing crow, the fiery steed pushed the car back and both toppled over into the pit. <laughs> it's amazing that it was a crow that did yes. it, too. Yeah, it's just perfect. What, uh, yeah, it's perfect. It was a battle cry. 
The workers went in to rescue the horse, but it rained the day before. It was now wet clay and made the job even more difficult. As the pit workers struggled, covered in mud, the cart driver hid behind a tree. What is he doing? He just doesn't want to be involved. Okay. <laughs> okay. When the horse and carriage were finally out, he reappeared, and Adolphus heard about the fiasco when he came out. He said nothing about the horse rescue. Quote, that the workers were dirty fellows to be in such a state and that they should have kept themselves clean and tidy like the cart driver. This is a tough work environment. This is like a stress, but he's a stressful boss. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know the rules. Yeah. yeah. Still, he felt bad for them and, uh, and gave them a crown and water to clean themselves. I couldn't figure that out, but he gave them money and water, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, probably what that then he dismissed uh, them for two weeks for disobeying him. But they didn't care because he paid them while they weren't working. <laughs> that's like when I used to get like out-of-school suspensions. Yeah. They'd be like, it's so bad you have an out-of-school suspension. I was like, a day off from school? Smart punishment, fucking yeah. idiots. Eventually, the vault was finished, quote, after spending several days sinking the vault and expending a considerable sum of money on it. He had it closed up. So he's got his place to uh, you know, be put All that's left to do is to embalm him and get him sitting there, writing that's the great right. American death novel. As Adolphus got older, uh, he drafted a will that left everything to... Oh, a, I can't wait. No. To a Scottish nephew who then came to visit with his fiancée. Who's a ferret. <laughs> Adolphus planned a grand celebration and a banquet but first he took the couple on a tour that included the marble vault. Oh, God. And now I know what you're thinking. We're, I'm going to just be in a coffin in here? No, 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 no. I'll be positioned as I'm writing. And the fire will burn eternally. Cooking me. <laughs> slowly, I'll be, I'm going to be cooked in Slowly here. roasting me, potentially. <laughs> Slow breeze. Meat will slip off the bones. Yes, I will be tender. Ooh. You're going to want a bite of this guy, but don't. That's something else i got to put in the will. No one can eat me. Except for my father. Have you met Dad recently? He's a turkey now. Boop. Yep. Hello, Papa. <laughs> so, afterwards, they went in the house, and his nephew's fiance sat on the armchair, oh, uh, armchair and asked, Is this how you will look in it? Adolphus flew into a rage. And he banished them from Cooksboro indefinitely. That day, he rewrote his will, but only after sending all the food and drinks meant for the banquet to his workers. Well, that's a benefit. But, I mean, if you're that nephew, you're like, look, it's, I told you to not say anything to me. This was a pretty good deal we had going on. It just seems so crazy. I know it's crazy. But that's why you just nod and go, oh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, and then we get a bunch of money. He thinks the turkey's his dad. Just shut the fuck up. I just took issue with that. It seemed really weird. The next will left the property to his cousin, Dr. Wellington Purden, mm -hmm. who lived on a nearby estate. Purden often enjoyed hunting with his hounds, and one day he came into Coxborough property and killed a fox right in front of Adolphus. Oh, no, 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 no. This man cannot be trusted. Well, Adolphus had been assuming when he died he would be come back as a bird lately. Well, oh, so he's tweaked it. But then he also was like, I might be a fox. So even if he was not going to become a fox, Adolphus was concerned that Perdon could have just murdered one of his family members. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
He wrote him out of the will. It's going to be tough to find the suitor for this will. He then had his men dig, quote, a number of exceptionally deep foxholes and trenches lined with stone, which he could use in case of need when he was a fox. So if you've worked for this guy for a while, like, you've just heard everything. Yeah. I need you to build foxholes for when I come back as a fox. Yeah, sure, we could put some over there, and then I think we could do a couple <laughs> over there for you. We could merely line them with stones, make it really hard for anyone to find you, but you could get into it. That's exactly what I'm after. That's perfect. Uh, the third version of the will left everything to the youngest son of the Earl of Longford, Edward Peckenham. Adolphus' only condition was that the boy hy hyphenate his name to Edward Peckenham Cook, which the kid was more than happy to do. Sure, yeah, I'll do whatever. I yeah, mean, I'll, I'll change my name to Turkey Boy. Let's do this. <laughs> Adolphus Cook uh, died on March 29th, 1876 at 84 years old. Wow, so long. The record... And I mean, it's like, if you have dementia when you're young, and then you dementia did he just start to be normal at the end was he like you know what i think that's just a turkey that crazy hey guys we're gonna eat dad <laughs> the rector of Killicon was reverend morley desmus he was the same man to whom adolphus had said previously i would rather read the quran mm -hmm. than holy writ and all those years he had held a grudge that guy's still alive out of spite the Reverend Desmus made sure Adolphus's final wishes were not carried out. <laughs> I, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. I really am. Old curmudgeon just like, no, we won't do that to him at all. We're going to hang him like Gusty. <laughs> hang the bitch. Adolphus had redesigned his father's tomb to look like a beehive in the event his father was reincarnated as a bee. <laughs> but that happened long before he returned as a turkey. Wait, his dad was a bee before he was a turkey? Well, he thought he might be a bee. At before? Yeah, so he built the beehive tomb, and then it turns out he came back as a turkey. Which happens. I mean, that's the thing about... That's the thing about... Yeah, it's uh, so hard to predict. Yeah, transmigration yeah. is that you don't yeah. know... Like, you're, you're prepared for someone to become yeah, like a no, snake, yeah, yeah. and then they come back as a buffalo, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no. I didn't yeah. plan for that. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dad. He always kept me guessing. So the rev reverend had the marble vault destroyed and then buried Adolphus under the stone beehive with his father and Mary Kelly, the nurse. Okay. The beehive tomb is still in the Raynella churchyard near his estate. It stands 12 feet high and 42 feet in circumference. It's a beehive. That's a big hive. What's the queen? The queen's just a regular queen. It's Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Perdon of the second will challenged the third will in court on the grounds that Adolphus was of unsound mind. I like how the first will... <laughs> It's a slam dunk, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Dr. William Williams, a witness for the deceased Adolphus Cook. Dr. William Williams? That's right. Call me Billy Billy. A witness for the deceased Adolphus Cook hated Dr. Perdon and, quote, was prepared to swear that Adolphus was sane. Williams knew Adolphus for 36 years and admitted he was a difficult person. Sure. He, he told at the time he cured Adolphus of a serious disease but was never invited to the house again. Williams was cross-examined about the time Adolphus said he might become a screech owl. 
this is you from... You know when he heard Screech Owl, he's like, damn it. I didn't know you knew you thought the Screech Owl thing. This is from the court transcript. Oh, yes. Counsel. How many LOLs quote. did the stenographer <laughs> Counsel, quote, can you give me the exact words he used when he said his voice was becoming like that of a Screech Owl? Doctor. Quote, he said, this is the first day I perceived my voice becoming like that of a screech owl. He was very hoarse at the time. His lordship, quote, did you ever hear a man say he was as hoarse as a raven? Doctor, I did. His lordship, now when Mr. Cook said his voice was becoming like that of a screech owl, do you think he supposed he was a screech owl? Doctor, I do not. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> The verdict was for Pankenham Cook because it could not be proven that Adolphus was insane. The judge concluded, quote, if a man believes he will turn into a successful screech owl after his death, that is no proof that he is incapable. <laughs> Can you imagine that in the judge, like the judge, like, okay, I can't believe I'm going to, this is legally very, this is tenuous. Uh, it's difficult. <laughs> uh, we now call the stand Turkey Daddy. Uh, Dr. Pardon took the case to the high court in Dublin where the bug me provided testimony about Gusty's criminal trial. I mean, there has not been a normal name for a while. The bug me. <laughs> Dr. Pardon lost again, but after paying for several trials, all of the Cooksboro inheritance was exhausted. The estate was declared bankrupt. Edward Pakenham Cook dropped Cook from his name. <laughs> the Perdon and Pakenham families remained enemies until death. A few days after Adolphus's death, a fox was caught sneaking into the kitchen oh, of the Cooksboro residence, and it was killed. It's just going to come back as a screech owl. Holy shit. I can't tell you how fast I thought we were going to move through that phase of him being crazy with animals. That first 20 minutes, I was like, yeah, this is crazy. But good Lord. I mean, where does this go? No, it is just this dude it was crazy with animals. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty normal. Uh... It's a story about believing in yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. So his turkey dad probably died at some point during that story, right? Uh, yeah, his turkey dad. I, I don't know. Turkeys don't live that long. I don't yeah, think, turkeys don't live 84 years. Yeah, it didn't cover it in the... Uh, <laughs> well, for whoever, some reason, it didn't cover the death. Whoever wrote this was just like, Jesus Christ, I don't know how much more. <laughs> Why did I start this? I don't know. Uh, the main source for this was Tales of English Eccentrics, Fraudsters, Cheats, and Other Disparate Characters by uh, Tony Grumley Grennan. <laughs> uh, also, Irish Eccentrics by Peter Somerville Large. Probably Larg. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise went on to create uh, a movement of his own. Yep. Uh, also, I want to I want to thank uh, 
I want to thank the researcher for this, uh, Sharon Sajapur, who did uh, some really great research. Yes, I should say so. Now, let me ask you this. Let's say Donald Trump hits the White House lawn tomorrow and starts claiming that his father is a turkey. Does anything happen? No. No. That's right. No, it's actually a quid pro quo in this case. There was no quid pro quo, okay? Um, you got, how many of you guys thought I was gonna do the potato famine? Yeah. Some of you had to have been worried. Oh, you thought Bloody Sunday? Yeah, it's a little dark. Oh, yeah. Catholic Church? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, there's some great stuff with nuns and orphanages. Yeah. Sir, the story Hilarious. Need, that story needs resolution, which it is not getting. <laughs> yeah, that one's not done. How about an ending to that story? That'd yeah. be fun. There's still kids to bugger. Sir. When there's no, when there's no more children, that's when we can do the Irish... Uh, Catholic Church story. No. Which is good news, not too far off. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming out. We appreciate it. If, uh, if you got the uh, meet and greet thing, I think, I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do. Stick around? I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do. Is Glenn here? Where's Glenn? Glenn, there you are, buddy. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.